Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back to Wannabe, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. I'm Imriel Morgan, the founder of Content is Queen, a podcast agency and club for ambitious podcasters with phenomenal taste, high expectations, and a desire to sound as good as I do right now. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Wannabe's focus is to help you take consistent action to build a successful life and career in the creative and entertainment industry. So in this episode, my three brilliant guests are going to help you explore your anger, accept your strengths and limitations, and understand why not everything is for you. Let's get into it. I want to introduce you to Charlie Craggs, who is the award-winning author of To My Trans Sisters. She's a trans activist and founder of Nail Transphobia, an organization that exists to educate people on trans issues and make new allies while also delivering glamorous manicures. Vogue has even referred to her as the voice of a community. Charlie is candid, honest and real about the role class and gender have played in shaping her identity today. The focus of this interview is to understand your strengths and accept your limitations. It is also going to help you feel far less alone if you're struggling with depression and anxiety. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? I would choose the me I am today, which is a very different me, like different name, different passport, different looks like so like I never ever thought I would actually get to be who I am today and I think that's the same for quite a lot of trans people like a lot of us really struggle with like a trigger warning but like suicide and stuff like so like mm. we're, the, the whole reason you transition is because you're in such a dark place it's the last resort but I really didn't think I'd ever get to be trans so like I yeah I'm like I guess it, I, I sometimes I'm just like catch myself and I'm like bloody hell like you're like you're living like the dream that you had like as a child like you didn't I can't it came true sort of thing so but yeah, like this idea that you get to be something versus you just be, you just are. And I'm guessing how far, how are you on this journey now? Like, how have you come to um, accept your identity and and who you are and how that sits in the world and in your own world? I think the key word really is accept. And it's what you said is that, because really like being trans is just who you are. Like, though I, I just made a comment there about being a different person in a lighthearted way. I'm exactly the same person. Like my, anyone who knows me will be like, Charlie's just as much a bitch as she is <laughs> as she was before <laughs> transition. Like, I am a big, bullshit, loud mouth, proud, but like just I'm that I've just always been the same person. I'm just prettier now and have boobs. Like, there's no difference. Like, and my name is different. But my name was my middle name before anyway. But so really I think the key word is like what you just said, it's about accepting yourself. So I've just got to a point of just accepting myself because I realized I couldn't go on like that. I think I realized that I just, 
I had taken away all the parts of myself that made me feminine to try and like kind of appease the people that were being mean to me, but also appease myself because I was being mean to myself. But mm. in doing and taking away all the parts of me that made me feminine, I took away all the parts of me that made me me. And I was literally just like a shell of a person. And I was like what everyone else wanted me to be. But I wasn't I wasn't living. I was just literally I was existing like I was breathing, but I wasn't alive like I was dead inside. And then just a, another trigger warning, just I, I was really suicidal and then. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I just like, I kind of consciously decided to accept myself, especially for people living in marginalized bodies where we're taught not to accept oh, ourselves precious. and because society doesn't accept us and we're, we internalize society's shame. Accepting yourself in a marginalized body is like the biggest act of self-love, but also of rebellion and of winning. Yeah, it's like that radical self-care, isn't it? Like, Amen, yeah. People, totally. people don't want to see you be you. And they're not ready for you. And even the people that say they want it or are ready for it aren't always prepared for you to present in the ways that feel true and authentic to you. They want it They want it packaged or they want it shaped yeah. in a certain format or they want it said in a certain tone. <laughs> and, yeah, or like diluted into yeah. like a, a kind of a respectable in their eyes way of being a marginalised body. With identity being this huge part of your life, right? And... It's shaping even the work you do till this day, being an activist, uh, a trans activist. When you were like growing up and thinking about like, well, what am I going to do for work or how will I earn money? And like the really practical parts of just existing in <laughs> the world. What were you thinking about? Where, what did you see as accessible and open to you in terms of things that you could do and create and manifest in this world? I, I guess it's two things because I don't know what I felt was accessible to me and open to me because that was part of the question as a growing up on a council state, like I was the first person in my family to go uni. I, I don't know if I would have gone uni if it wasn't for like a teacher put me forth for this widening participation scheme. Shout out to Jackie McManus if you're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I don't know if I, it was because I felt it was open to me, but I was always very creatively kind of inclined. I was always like drawing when I was like at home, like always, always, always drawing. I went to St. Martin's and then I went to London College of Fashion for my oh, nice. degree. I didn't even know I could get into uni, never mind getting into a really good one for like art and stuff. And it is because of the widening participation scheme for working class underprivileged students. I guess there's something really interesting about how people who do come from marginalized backgrounds, racialized groups, all of that, that that sense of duty does seem to exist of paying it forward, opening doors, and just having to be this kind of unofficial spokesperson in the spaces where others like you don't exist. And it is this really strange complex because I think there is such a profound freedom that must exist. I don't know it because I haven't lived it, but I, mm -hmm. I imagine that is like the most freeing feeling to just be like, I just create. And this is not, I'm not creating because I'm black. <laughs> I'm just creating. And it is not a political piece. It's not yeah. uh, this like profound view on gender and race. Like it's nothing to do with that. I just really wanted to write this thing. Could you not then bring your creativity and your art into your self-care so it becomes more personal practice than work that's exactly what I'm trying to do yeah because I feel like for a long time it might be because I'm working class and always feeling like thinking of, of the next hustle and thinking how mm. I can make some money like I'm always trying to like think how, what 
like arty stuff can I do to make money so I make merch like even just like with in terms of like the set design of my like now salon so I'm able to like kind of do creative stuff in some ways and even social media when I'm making content is still like creative but um I've realized lately like going back to what you said I need to start doing it from a place of not having to make money so I guess not survival like it's about just doing it for for fun and just like not thinking about hmm how can how can I develop this drawing into like a series of drawings which are then put in a gallery which will then I'll have book from and then I'll make merch from like stop thinking like it's so yeah I don't know I just very like I feel like I need to unpack a lot of what I've kind of been conditioned to think I guess and just like draw to just draw like I did when I was seven I think people really downplay like the how massively how how big a scarcity mindset exists within the working classes of feeling like something is always going to be taken away from you that kind of level of insecurity so everything you do does need to pay off it needs to make sense and being told that you can't do art and you can't do like that's not going to make you money I do also just massively believe that people who had nothing just generally are better able to cope. This is probably, there's probably some book that has debunked that myth, but I genuinely think that struggle creates like a lot of opportunity and the ability to adapt quite quickly to really precarious situations because I don't think, had I not grown up poor and like struggled to eat dinner sometimes or, you know, just had to deal with just some real shenanigans of just being poor black in Britain, in London, and that the most expensive city in the, in the world. Well, one of them. I think that it creates a drive and an ambition to one, not only move away from it, but also it just makes you just the working hard then becomes almost like your default. And I don't know if that's like, I think it's a strength for the most part. Like I definitely think there's like you said, there's definitely benefits to that. But then the cons are, is that you drive yourself almost to burnout because you all you know to do is work and work and work. And I feel like that's a failure of some system. I'm just not sure which system is to blame. I totally agree. I totally agree. But the, just in case anyone's listening to this and is kind of being like, that's me, that's how I feel. Like there's um, the massive like pro is that, and just to end, to end on a positive on this bit, is that, you know, we were talking about like them posh kids being like able to rely on daddy's money daddy's money can't buy hustle yeah you can't buy hustle you either you learn you are you're you are you learn hustle when you're growing up and like you can't you can't you can't buy that so like good we, we have something that they will never have and that their their daddy's big money can't buy so that, <laughs> yeah and I see so much of in everything I do now because I'm not struggling now like I'm I'm doing all right for myself but I like still have and I'm so proud of the hustle that I have that I like in the same way I did those industry projects. I remember when I was doing one industry project and it was like all the other people doing it, like my uni was a really rich uni and it was like they had yeah. like so much money to just throw at it and they were just like hire all the best equipment and stuff and I like I filmed on my Blackberry and like and I remember <laughs> wow. like, and I won in the end but like also like I just like um, it's just a hustle that like okay this is a maybe a bit not PG-13 but like I remember like so we had to get the winner was the person who had the most like views and likes and comments on YouTube and I was like how can I get the most likes on YouTube so bitch like I <laughs> I'm obviously trans so I sent my <laughs> it was like the time of Tumblr and I just sent my um, film to like loads of like trans porn Tumblrs and they so blew it up and I dead. won <laughs> so, like, but a posh person would never think of that would they they would not think of that I <laughs> I didn't see that coming, so I, I appreciate it. Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant, though. There's definitely a massive pro, and that's our superpower. Yeah. We, can't, we can't forget that or lose that. We need to be proud of ourselves and nurture that. 
We'll return to Charlie's story in just a moment. I'm really excited for you to hear from this UK-based changemaker who is an awesome award-winning journalist that I have followed for ages. I just love how honest and vulnerable she is with her audience. Please get to know Porna Bell. I'm Porna Bell. I am an author and a journalist. I've been a journalist for about 16 to 17 years and I've published two books and I'm about to publish my third book, which looks at redefining mental and physical strength for women. And it's called Stronger. One of the things I'm currently working on improving right now, so like every single person on this planet living through a pandemic, is that there is a lot of time for self-reflection and improvements because our way of life has just changed. And one of the things that I've noticed that lockdowns do to people and also just the general landscape is that it makes people really, really angry. So everything gets channeled into how we communicate online. So let's say that social media and also the WhatsApp conversations that we have with our friends and family. And I've noticed that there is this rising sense of anger and very quick, quick irritation that's just swirling around there. In, in the ether, right? And my thing that I want to improve on is not about shutting anger down, because I think especially as, as a woman, you know, I've been so conditioned around the belief that anger isn't a righteous thing or it's not a good emotion. And I, and I do feel that anger is a very righteous emotion. It can be wielded to do amazing things. But it's about how I connect to it, how I release it in the right way so it doesn't hurt other people. But also when I'm confronted with someone else's anger, how I then react and deal with that. So that's my big improvement that I'm trying to work on. So I would actually like to go a bit off-piste and suggest two people. And these are people who are quite active on social media and and they're very vocal in two different areas. And the first person is the writer and fashion consultant, Aja Baba. She talks a lot around sustainability and fashion and ethics. And I have just learned so much from her. I think that her tone of voice is one that is so wise and knowledgeable, but also fair. And it really fits in with with what I think my ethics are. And I think that she is just a picture of, you know, grace and how much she gives and tries to improve the world that we live in. And the second person is Tally Rye. So Tally is a podcaster, a personal trainer, and you can also find her on Instagram. And she also does a podcast called Train Happy. And Tally is one of these people who, for me, she represents talking about intuitive fitness. So fitness is a is a really big thing for me and how you can move your body in a way that fundamentally is about joy and it's about the movement that that joy gives you. And one of the things I'm very interested in at the moment is how so much of our rhetoric you know, our current rhetoric around fitness just divorces us from from that initial joy. And I think that she has so much to teach us. She makes me question things in a way that really is right for me. And I think that she is someone who continues to inspire in this space. Oh, I love Aja Baba too. Also, can I just say I really haven't thought about anger much at all. I often just ignore it or repress it. So that's some food for thought for me. For more wisdom and gems like this, follow Porna Bell on Twitter and Instagram at Porna Bell, where you'll also find details on her books and articles. Now back to our wonderful guest, Charlie Craggs. I've been doing therapy for the last three months and it's been 
eye-opening, to say the least. And there was something, it was also a combination of doing therapy and then like finding RuPaul's Masterclass, which I always had access to. The reason I bring it up is because there was something in his Masterclass around people having this innate energy. And if you're still and quiet, you can tap into it and you can find yours. So I was like, oh, this sounds like ridiculous, but let me try and tap into it. And all I got from it was like pure nervousness and anxiety. Oh, no. And I, yeah, it was, it was a very intense. And I was like, well, I know that I'm naturally nervous and I know I'm naturally anxious. It's not really going anywhere. So how do I not see this as like, a, oh, no, I'm a nervous and anxious person. But instead, like, how do I turn this? This is my superpower. The fact that my brain doesn't switch off. The fact that I'm always thinking and adapt, like constantly switching. So I'm curious to know what is your energy? Do you know what it is? And oh, how man. have you used it to energize and turbo up your career and life oh my god i wish i like i wish i could have prepared a really like miss world answer to this question <laughs> do you know what though just think again it kind of links back to whether it's being just a working class or different kind of intersecting identities in our growing up like you are it's i'm a very very anxious person and i didn't realize i like so i've always known i had depression but like i mm. never knew i had i'm in therapy as well at the moment and he's like you have such high anxiety and i'm like really i'm not i'm not nervous and he's like no your anxiety is so high that you just are anxious all the time that you don't realize that what's normal and i'm like oh great yeah. <laughs> like it's just become so normal exactly. that my default is anxious so i can get really really anxious but i just i like to me just like being anxious is my defaults that's one of my superpowers being anxious hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. I would say, I feel like this has been the kind of motif running through this of like dark clouds of silver linings. So my superpower comes from a dark place of just like, be it like having reached the edge. Like I have reached the edge before. Mm. Like I've been on the edge of suicide before. Um, I even recently, even even kind of now, like my I lost my best friend not longer oh, in Grenfell. So, so like, I am a mess. Like I will do things that other people won't do because I really do not care. And so it kind of came from a dark place, but like it's one of the most 
the best things about my life and it trans it transcends into my work because I'll do things and I'll say things that other people won't do or say because I don't care I really don't care that's a fantastic superpower I'm really trying to get to those levels to be honest because shame is the thing that stops us from doing everything it's like sheer shame and fear I really want to get to that because I think of the people I've spoken to who take the most who have had made the biggest strides in their careers but also like just made like the boldest moves and made decisions that just no one else would and it always, always pays off because it just feels authentic and it's always true. So people connect with it, that authenticity, whether they like you or not. It's just like it's hard to it's hard to look away from that because I guess people are attracted to the things that are deficient within themselves as well. So there's also that idea of like, oh, my God, look at this person who's doing I would never do that. I could never do that. But never really going inward and being like, well, why wouldn't you? Why couldn't you? What's stopping you? Yeah, it's fantastic. That's a great superpower. I was going to ask about your work to date. What is the what is the title that you feel best embodies your work and what you do for the world? So I, yeah, I definitely say activist because I've been doing activism for, and when I say activism, I don't mean advocacy. I think there's a lot of like a mis- What's the like, difference? So like advocacy is when you advocate for something. So you can advocate for something where it's just like being like a supporter of it, like talking about, it's basically supporting like a, a cause or whatever and like being vocal about your support and stuff. But I mean, the word in activism is active. I'm active. I have been out there like traveling around the country with my side. So I just explained for people, I have a pop-up nail salon called Nail Transphobia. And I travel around the country with my pop-up nail salon and a squad of trans nail techs offering the public free manicures for the chance nice. to have a chat with a trans person. So it's a way of like the public getting to meet a trans person. And I've been doing this for seven years. So seven years ago, we were in a very different place um, culturally around the conversation around trans people. So like people were a lot more ignorant and a lot more mean as well. So I get angry when I get pain it as a social media influencer because I'm like oh sorry a social media activist because you know and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong social media activism is amazing because we're all on social media so why not yeah. but at the same time I've been traveling around doing the hard work I ha- I've been doing activism before I had Instagram so like I'm not a social media activist and the influencer stuff I've been doing for what like the last two years three years so like I've been doing activism for over double that Do I mean it's a platform to like promote my activism and promote my events that I'm doing in real life and like promote my book or whatever promote like I'm I'm so much more than and there's like I said this is no shade to anyone who does social media activism and it is so important because like I said we are all just on our phones all the time but I'm much more than that and I I get very angry when people say that I'm just an Instagram influencer hashtag influencer but I had been aware of you and your work for a while and nail transphobia in particular so I, yeah I don't think I was under any illusions that you were just doing Instagram thank you activism. I think it's, it kind of stems into like this because I think there's a lot of people getting really angry for some reason I think it's really redundant and I just want to make it clear that I'm not angry at social media influencers but I think when people are lumping me in with them it's because there's this like move against it for some reason at the moment people are like really anti like oh like identity politics and social media influence it's like do you know what calm down like they're doing like they're doing more than you're doing like do you know what I mean it's, right? it's still like it's so important that and it, yeah, maybe it's just an Instagram post, but how many people follow them? How many people are reading that? That's really important. Like, would you see it different if these people were putting leaflets in people's doors or like talking on a megaphone? Like it, it's, we live in a social media world. Why shouldn't activism be social media as well? Just, yeah. So I, like, I yeah. think the reason that there is a, a pushback against this and why I get lumped in with it sometimes is because people are just like, I think it kind of comes down to also like, it's quite misogynistic. I feel like, I feel like 
because mm, that's an I interesting take, like there's a, a big correlation between like female like you know like influence it's almost like how people make fun of Instagram models and it's yeah. always about female ones it's never about the men on Instagram like do you mean it's the same sort of thing it's like people just being really overly hard on Instagram influencers and it's like well Kim Kardashian like has how many people following her so if she posts something and that many people read it I mean say what you want to say about her but she still had like millions of people read what she posted. So exactly. I, I have no beef with it. I'm curious to know what you're working on getting better at right now. I guess I'm just trying to get better at being better. Like, cause I'm just, I think it's important because we just mentioned Instagram to talk about like reality because like on Instagram, you would think my life's great and stuff. And I'm, or even just like, never mind socially, but just like work wise, I'm doing good and stuff, but like, I'm a mess. Like, and I, I think it's really important that if I say that, then yeah, I just think it's really important that we kind of all work towards destigmatizing stuff to do with mental health. Like, and you just, yeah, I'm just, I'm not even going to lie. I'm I'm a mess. Um, so I'm in therapy as well at the moment. And yeah, I'm just, I just really want to try and fix my life a bit because I've just like, I've achieved a lot of things that I never thought I'd get to achieve and that mm. I'm so proud of, but I've not enjoyed a, a single thing. I've not enjoyed any of it. And that's where it's like, I need to, clearly some the calls are coming from within the house. I need to fix what's going on inside of me that just doesn't let my that just means I can't enjoy any of this yeah um, that resonates yeah. so much yeah uh, so I just really I want to fix myself a bit this year so have you found work. anything that's working or started to no. work or, okay <laughs> then my- <laughs> yeah no I'm in therapy um I don't know if I find it that helpful if I'm honest and again I think it's really important we're honest like I don't want to just be like yeah I'm gonna fix myself and I want to be honest and then and acting like therapy is working if it's not no it's not working for me but it's not maybe I just need to find another therapist and it's not a, a case of just giving up and it's like so I'm, I'm gonna maybe find another therapist try some antidepressants again maybe I don't know just I think it's really hard as well because a lot of things I'm trying to fix about my life I can't fix because of lockdown like I mm. really want to make new friends and stuff like I'm very lonely if I'm honest I'm a very very lonely person but I can't get out and make friends or I can't get out and see the friends I I do have and develop those relationships because we have to stay in so it's a it's a really hard time but yeah. I think if we all kind of just like n- n- like talking about that it makes it a bit easier to cope because you know that you're not the only other person only other person going through it and it's kind of sadistic isn't it to be feel a bit happier because you know other people are sad as well I do want to talk about some wins I wasn't okay. gonna ask but I felt like because we've we've talked about the the lower moments and the darker moments so what what are you proud of what is what's your proudest moment from the last 12 months I filmed a documentary for BBC which I'm really 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 proud of it's called DIY trans teens so that's really exciting that Um, is it's also really scary because I got I've had so much abuse for it already and it's not even out like the people online there's like hate groups like the the feminists who hate trans women but also like there's LGB people who hate the T like so like (laughs) it's so stupid but they all ganged up and like collectively tried to get the BBC to cancel it it's just madness so like I'm wow. kind of bracing myself so like I'm really proud of it but also really scared of how I because I just I have no clue how much backlash I'm going to get but it should be really good it just kind of just breaks down all the kind of narratives in the media around like just basically it just brings you facts because it's not even biased it's not like um trans positive it's literally just the facts like because it's BBC they were mm really on at me like I basically the commissioner was like no I have to include this you have to include this and stuff I don't even want to include but like to give like the really kind of just the facts like it's factual it's not like um, a propaganda piece and I think it will do great for just like helping the public to understand everything that's going on right now with like trans 
especially with trans teenagers, but just trans issues in general, because it's it's just we're one percent of the population, and it's such a there's like not like it, there's like an article every second day about something to do with trans stuff, and it's like why there's just so much talk about it, and yeah. just like a lot is wrong. So hopefully we'll just unpack a lot of the misconceptions. This is brilliant. Thank you so much, Tully. Thank you. What can I say about Charlie right now? We had the best time recording, but as you heard, life is not all rosy and that's okay sometimes. You can support and follow Charlie's work on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Craigs. And keep an eye out for her BBC documentary called DIY Trans Teens. Before we wrap up the show, here's Tiffany Ford, a cartoonist, illustrator and storyboard artist. Tiffany is a divine human. Her experience includes the Cartoon Network, Disney and the New York Times. She has some unexpected advice to share with you today. Take it away, Tiffany. The worst advice I ever got was to shave my underarms when I was a little, when I was like 11. I wasn't ready to do it and I didn't know how to do it. And oh, wow. Yeah. And I just did it because like some some girls in my school were just talking about it and they, they were like, you know, you should do it. And my dad was like, please do not <laughs> he was like your hair is curly. Your hair is sensitive. Our family is prone to boils. Don't oh do that. <laughs> like, whatever. Live your life. Um, I've seen Beyonce and she looks amazing. So I like <laughs> went and I went for it. And like, yeah, that was the that was bad. Best advice I ever received is to say what you want, to say it. And to, my dad told me one time, um, if you can conceive it, then you can believe it and then you can achieve it. That's what he used to say. And I, I know that that's very corny, but like for a kid that helped me remember that advice, but the power in just let hearing your voice say like I want this thing I'm gonna do this thing I'm gonna be this I'm gonna have that it just it's it's like it's there's a lot of power in that you know yeah. and then you kind of start your journey on the road to getting that that was like that's probably one of the best advices I ever got that's a wrap Thank you so much for listening to the end. I hope this half an hour has been a calming and joyful part of your day. I'd like to encourage you to think about one person who needs a little joy and calm and share this episode with them right now. If you want extended interviews, then please do screenshot the episode you're listening to right now and share it to your Instagram stories and tag at contentisqueenhq. Until next time, bye. This is a Content is Queen production hosted by me, Imriel Morgan. Edited by Amber Miller and Joseph Perry. Sound design by Amber Miller. Music and sound effects are from Epidemic Sound. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 